Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. What's up, C1? It's awesome to see you guys this beautiful morning. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is going to do today. I'm excited for the Word of God. I'm excited for what God is doing in our lives. Week after week, we just keep hearing testimony of what, what God spoke to them. Just, man, I, I was encouraged. That's what I needed. Just, man, God is using C1 Church in ways. I, I keep hearing of how we're, we're pouring out to our neighbors, how we're checking in on each other. I love it, man. I, I, I'm a part of several group text messages of the church just being the church and them saying, how are you doing? What can we pray for you about? And it's awesome. I'm so proud of how you guys are moving forward and being the church, man. Keep it up. Keep going after Jesus. Keep Keep seeking his face. Keep commanding this virus to be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Keep loving your neighbor. Just keep being the church, guys. It's exciting times for what God's doing in and through his church. And man, I'm just glad and humbled to be a part of it with you. Man, I'm also excited about this series that we're in. I love always talking about Jesus. If you, if you know me, you know that I love talking, period. But man, you get me talking about Jesus, I will talk for hours. But we're talking about the commands of Christ. And thus far, we've talked about how Jesus has said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Then he also turned around and took it a step a little further. He said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who despitefully you. Like he takes it a little deeper. And this week we're going to be looking at a command out of Matthew chapter 4. And this is immediately following his his, uh, uh, 40-day temptation, his 40-day fast that launched him into his ministry. After he got baptized, he went into the wilderness for 40 days to be to be tempted and tested by the enemy. And then he came out victorious over those temptations. And this is what he launched his ministry with. So we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 4, 12 through 17. It says, starting off in verse 12, when Jesus heard that John, that would be John the Baptist, his cousin, had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun of Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast a shadow, a light has shined. From then on, So Jesus, just by going back to Capernaum, he fulfilled scripture, he fulfilled prophecy, and his whole life was a fulfillment of prophecy. But from then on, this is what he launched with. And it's so pointed. He says, it says, from then on in verse 17, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is is near. This is so important that Jesus said, I'm launching my ministry with it. In fact, I would even argue that this is the undertone theme of the good news. Because to truly receive the good news of the gospel, we have to have a repentant heart. So 
what does repent mean? Because you might have a really good understanding what you think repent means, or you might be on the other end of the spectrum and you just saw this uh, th this on Facebook, you just happened to click and watch in this moment. And you're like, what does repent mean? The, the, the reality is uh, it doesn't matter whether you know exactly or or you don't know, what I would challenge us today is let's clear what we think and come at this with new eyes, with open ears, and I pray that we walk out of this message more like Jesus, challenged to go after Jesus with new ways of going after Jesus, with a new understanding of how to go after Jesus. It says right there in, in verse 17, I'm going to tell you what repent means here in a moment, but it says in verse 17, it says from then on, Jesus began to preach and repent and turn from your sin and turn to God. So the, the, the then on in there, I, I looked it up, it's continuing. It's a continuing thing. And I know like English then on means a continuation, but what the, the gravity of the word used in the original language means it continues, period. It never stops. And repent is a message that never stops. Just because Christ rose and ascended to heaven, we still have this ministry as the church of the living God to preach the good news and repent of our sins. It's not just we preach repentance of our sin, though. We have to be constantly repenting of our sins. So with that said, what does repent mean? The word that Jesus used here in Greek, the word that he, he, he said, repent, is metatineo, which means I changed my mind. I changed the inner man particularly with reference to acceptance of the will of God by the mind instead of rejection of his will. So metatineo is, I'm going to repeat it, I changed my mind. When Jesus said repent, he was saying change your mind, change the way you think, change your inner man, like let it, let it sink in deep. Like, let this be a, a change in you, not just an outward change, not just a not just a, a, a facade change, but this is a change deep in, particularly with reference to the acceptance of the will of God by our mind instead of rejection of that will. Repentance is a change of our mind. It's a change, it's a change of our inner person. It's accepting God's will over our own. It's agreeing with God. When you, when you say, God, I want your will and not mine, just like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, we're agreeing with God that his will is better than our own. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but that's what Jesus is saying when he says, repent of your sin. You're, we're saying, God, I changed my mind. What you say is sin is sin. What, what you declare is wrong is wrong. What, what you say about my life is what I agree with. So today I, I want to... I want to give us some understandings about repentance concerning the life of the believer because a lot of times I feel that as a believer, we can, we can always put repentance off on people who are far from Jesus. We can, we can say that's something that they need to do. And that's, that's the farthest thing from the truth. Yes, 
do people that are far from Jesus, don't have a relationship with Jesus, need to repent of their sins? Absolutely. That's why Jesus continued to preach, repent of your sin and turn to God. But it's also for believers that we continue. So the the first understanding that we need to know about repentance, this biblical understanding of repentance is, repentance is not a one and done thing. It's not. It's not a one and done moment in our life. It's, It's not this, I've asked for forgiveness, I never need to repent again in my life. Repentance is the believer's life. It is a lifestyle. It's when we turn to God, we walk in repentance 100% of the time. And, and we have to because we're bound in this sinful body. This body that I have, it's getting older every single day. It's bound to sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin in Romans 6.23 is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Guess what? This body is dying slowly over time. It's riddled with sin, but my inner man's made new because of Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So there's this battle within me. And, and so I have to constantly repent because my flesh, this body wants to sin, but my, my, who I am does not want to sin. So we battle against, like we battle against this desire to sin. But the cool thing about repentance is the more we go after Jesus and we let the Holy Spirit work on us and we continually repent, the desire to sin lessens because the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. It's called sanctification. So the the sanctification is the act of God. It's the act of God that over the course of our lifetime, that the Holy Spirit makes us like Jesus. It's not that we'll ever be sinless. It's that over the course of our life, we will sin less and less. So the Apostle Paul weighs in in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and it's it's a, a, one of my favorite scriptures. There's, there, there's, like, there's not a bad translation of this, um, like the, the, the New King James or King James. I beseech you, my brethren, in view of God's mercy, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, pure and holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service or your spiritual act of worship. And don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to, to, to test and see what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. The New Living Translation says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all you have done, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that, will, that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What did that word metatineo mean? I change my mind. I change my inner man. So Paul uses a synonym for metatineo here. It's actually like in the dictionary, it's the word above it. It's it's like the, the, the same side of the same coin. It actually directly that word that Paul uses for transform literally means I change my inmost nature. And he says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Paul establishes here in Romans 12 that repentance is a lifestyle. He says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. 
This is your reasonable service. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is the kind of worship God loves. So this, this idea of living sacrifice, that's not normal. That's a life of repentance. That's a life of saying, God, I'm laying myself down, agreeing with you, saying, God, I want what you want for me. I don't want what I want. What I want is wrong and it's bad. Last week we established that our heart is full of every kind of evil. That's what, that's what Solomon says. So, so we don't trust our heart. We trust in God. And then Paul turns around and says, let God change your inmost person, your inmost nature. Jesus said, I change my mind. We, it starts with repentance. So so it, this change, it says, I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to change my inner man. Then Paul says, God takes over at that point. He changes our inmost nature. So suddenly, like when we decide to go after God, when we decide, God, forgive me, I'm going to repent. God takes over. And he starts working on us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And this is not a one-time deal. This is a lifestyle. This is a constant humbling yourself. It's a constant changing the way you think. It's a constant, it's a constant letting God. Some of us want, we want the results of obedience without the obedience. We want the results of a repentant heart without repentance. Paul says, but let God transform the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, so there's this then in the scripture, then you will learn to know God's will. The only way to know God's will for your life is through a repentant heart by letting God change your inmost nature. This I change my mind. I change my inner man. I change like God, and then God changes our inmost nature. It's only then. I I can't help like there. There's so many people out there that they want results without the work, and I, I hear it all the time. I talk to people a lot, and uh, uh, some people say like I want to lose weight or I want to do this, and but but they don't want to take and put discipline into it. And, or I want to get closer to God. Let's, 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 let's talk about that since we're already talking about the Bible. I want to get closer to God. I want to grow closer to God. But they don't pray. But they don't read the Bible. They don't even listen to Christian music on the radio. There, there, there's, there, there's, there's something to be said about I'm not saying we earn our salvation, but when we choose what we choose to do, repentance is a choice. I choose to walk in repentance to God. And then when I do that, he changes me. He changes my inmost nature. And so when I say I want to get closer to God, I can't get closer to God if I'm not willing to get up earlier and pray. If I'm not willing to stay up later and pray. If I'm not willing to, if I'm not willing now, God will meet me no matter what. He's so faithful to do it. And he's not, he, he doesn't, you know, like, he doesn't like, well, he didn't only, he only spent five minutes in prayer today, so I'm not going to even take time. No, 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 no. God's not like that. God loves to meet with his people. James says, Jesus' is little brother in his, in his epistle, he says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you as a promise. But it starts with a choice. Jesus says, repent of your sins and turn to God. This would imply that you can repent and turn to something else. 
There's people all over the world in different religions that repent of stuff and change the way they are. There's people that have repented of drug addiction, no longer are drug addicts, but they're not turning to Jesus. It's a repentance. It is a turning, but it's more than just feeling sorry. I, I, so many people, when, when, they, when they repent, they, feel, they just feel sorry, but sorry isn't repentance. My, my, my four and a half year old, we're, we're, we're having these talks right now. She'll she'll do something that she knows she shouldn't do, like 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 a little four and a half year old learning would do. Uh, she she'll hit hit Peyton or or she'll she'll yell. She's discovering her personality, but we lay down ground rules and say, you know, Sky, you're not allowed to yell at mommy or daddy, or you know, like so. When that happens, we'll put her in timeout. We'll put her in in, in her room. We'll put her in the corner, or we'll bust her butt. It depends on the severity of the crime. And I'll walk in there and I'll say. Sky, you know why this happened? Yeah, I'm so sorry. And we'll no sooner walk out the door together, because I always give her options. I'll say, okay, Sky, here are your options. What we can do is you can have a great day, and we can go out there and play, wrestle, we can watch a movie, what like we could go run outside, we could do all sorts of fun stuff, but your attitude has got to change. You gotta re- be repentant. And I teach her these big words, or you could stay in here. And stay in trouble with the sour attitude and probably get a spanking. She's like, I don't want a spanking, so I'm gonna change my attitude. And she'll walk out the door and then she'll, you know, just uh, stomp her foot and just the attitude will come back. I'm like, all right, go back to your room. Like, it's uh, it, she'll say, I'm sorry, but there's no change. Repentance is a lifestyle. It's, I'm constantly saying, God, I agree with you. I'm constantly saying, Lord, I want your will over mine. It's it's so much more than just a sorry. It's so much more than a sorry. So many people want the results of a repentant heart without walking out a repentant heart. And so I would challenge us today to make repentance a lifestyle. This I change my mind. I'm change, I'm letting God change the way I think. I'm letting him turn me into a new person to transform me into a new person by changing the way we think. The the second thought I want to leave you with is repentance establishes God's kingdom. Jesus says, repent of your sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or near. It establishes God's kingdom. Last week we, we talked about how God's kingdom is a kingdom of the heart and God has a right to say and and establish the rules for his kingdom. And he wants to establish his kingdom in you. And he wants to establish love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness in you. He wants to establish love in you. The the stuff that comes with this kingdom, but it starts with repentance. And so the cool thing is though, no one's perfect. And so I once heard this great statement. I believe it was Mark Driscoll that originally said it. He said, I once heard... He said, you aren't who you were when you first met God, so keep rejoicing. But you are not yet who God is making you, so keep repenting. Just keep rejoicing because you're so much further along than when you first met Jesus. But keep repenting because you're not perfect and you never will be this side of heaven. So just keep going. So, by, But by, by this... We are allowing God to establish his kingdom in our heart. We're allowing him to transform 
our inmost man. And I'm going to read for you an an excerpt from a book called um, Good Kids, Big Events, and Matching T-Shirts. It's by David Hurtwick. He was a former district youth director of the New York District of the Assemblies of God. And he gives probably one of the best, if not the best, definitions of biblical repentance I've ever read or heard, period. I want I want us to I want to read it to you so we move forward on the same page together. And he says, Repentance is not simply saying you're sorry, feeling crummy about what you've done, or beating yourself up for your mistakes. True repentance is based on the realization that we've not simply broken God's rules, we've broken his heart. We have committed spiritual adultery and chosen to love another over him. Repentance is not turning from bad behavior to good behavior. Repentance is when the Spirit enables us to see the things we're trusting and treasuring in more than Jesus and causing our hearts to be grieved by our willingness to chase empty idols. Wow. Repentance is when the Spirit enables us to see that the things we're treasuring and trusting in more than Jesus are causing our hearts to be grieved by our willingness to chase empty idols. Mm. But repentance is also the Spirit redirecting our hearts back to Jesus as the only one worthy of worship. In repentance, we not only receive the forgiveness of Jesus, we also receive the assurance that we are covered by his righteousness. For many students, remember he was a district youth director, for many students, having a good cry is synonymous with repentance. And I would argue for a lot of adults, that's the same way. We have a good cry and we think that we're repentant for some reason because we felt sorry, but He says, for many students, having a good cry is synonymous with repentance. I've watched students appear to be uh, sadder after they repented. That's not biblical repentance. In David's great song of repentance, he prayed, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's Psalm 51, 12. And the bones of which you have broken rejoice. That's Psalms 51, 8. The final outcome of repentance should always be overwhelming joy and thankfulness. So when we are repentant and we we have this attitude of repentance, we have a heart of repentance towards God, it should cultivate joy in us and and it should it should help it should establish God's kingdom. That that's how the world sees that we're different. Because we're we are different. We we have this attitude of God, not my will, your will. I agree with you. David hit the nail on the head. My daughter says sorry a lot, but so often her attitude doesn't change, and and I can tell she's not truly sorry when she doesn't change. But she's four and a half. How often do I do that? To God, how often do you do that to God? When we say, God, I'm sorry, but 
we go back to the same stuff. Repentance is more than that. It's saying, God, I'm, I'm treasuring something more than you. I want your kingdom to be established in my heart, and I, I want the overflow of my repentant heart to be joy and thankfulness. And it is. It's not, if, if you get depressed or sad after you repented, then you need to, to, to take an, a really hard look at Jesus because that's not what he came to do. He came to give you life and gave it to the full. He came to establish love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness in you. He didn't come to establish depression or anxiety or stress. You should never come to God with your head held low. That's a lie from the enemy. If, if, if you mess up and the enemy says you can't go to God, he will be disappointed. That's the furthest thing from the truth. When my daughter messes up, the, one of the first things I do to her is hug her because I love her. And I'm, I'm just a regular dude. Imagine how much more our God loves us as our Heavenly Father. And the last thought I want to leave you with is repentance shows God's work in us. It doesn't just establish his kingdom. It shows that God is working in us because once again, this is uh, an inverted kingdom. Last week we talked about it's not natural to love your enemy. God, Jesus, he, he, last week we said he starts off, you've heard it said to, to, to love your friends and hate your enemies, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Well, well, guess what? A repentant heart is not natural. You can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit empowering you through a relationship with Jesus. It's not natural to say, God, I want your will over my will. Because we think we have things figured out. We think we know everything. But a repentant heart says, God, I know that you know better than me. I agree with you. I agree that I should lay this down. I agree that I should uh, call someone I've offended. I agree that I should say sorry. I agree with you, God. Uh, uh, a couple years ago, I was at a youth camp, and I was sitting there, and just during the altar time, and I was just listening to the speaker. Just He was letting the Holy Spirit lead him, and it was a beautiful thing. But... He was just saying, ask the Lord to reveal to you things in your life that come between you and him. So youth camp, I always participate in stuff unless they tell me to pray for students. I, like I, I would always participate. Like I'm going to ask the Lord. So I'm, I stop and I say, okay, God, what's coming between you and me? And he said, I want you to delete the IMDB app off your phone. Now, IMDB is International Movie Database. And I'm a movie nut. I love movies. I love watching a good movie. I love watching a good war movie. I love um, all the superhero movies. I like historic movies. I just, I love movies. And International Movie Database is a great resource. It can tell you show times in, in, in movie theaters. It, it can, like, have you ever watched a movie and you're like, where is, have I seen the actor or actress? What in the world? Where? I just don't know. So you just, all you have to do is go to this website or this app and type in the name of the movie. It'll tell you all the actors or actresses that play in it. And you're like, oh, and then you could click on them and it'll show you all the movies they played in. And then mystery solved. You now know where you've seen the actor or actresses before, you know, like just stuff like that. And I used it when I had a class in college called um, Films Classics. And I had to use it a lot in that. And so but I would get on there, and not only did it have this stuff like that, but it also had uh, trailers or upcoming movies, and I like movies. 
And I would get on there and I would watch movie trailers. I, I'm, I'm not really big into social media, but I would watch movie trailers on that and just and, and see what's coming up because you can see what's coming to theaters like a year or two ahead and just stuff like that. And it's really cool. But the Lord said, delete that app. Is the app sinful? Absolutely not. In fact, there's some really good resources for you parents on there. Like you could, you can actually go onto the movie of what your child wants to watch and it'll, it has a parent's guide and it'll tell you why it's rated PG-13 or PG. It'll tell you if there's any um, sex or nudity, or drug addiction, it'll tell you how many curse words are in it. It has some really good features. But the Lord told me to, de- to delete it. So I deleted it. I've never put it back on my phone or any device because it was coming between me and him. I know that's so silly, but that was a moment of repentance of God. I agree with you and I want nothing coming between you and me. And repentance shows that God's working in us when we're willing to do what he says when we're willing to say, I do need to make a call. I need to apologize to people. Guys, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. When I first moved here, I, I, I wrote a list down of every, like, I just, I was praying one day and, and the Lord laid on my heart, you need to apologize and ask for forgiveness of these people. And it was hard. It took me like a month and a half to work up the nerve to call some of them. But I got to tell you, when I did, and I agreed with God and I called him, man, I was set free from so many things because repentance leads to freedom. Repentance leads to joy. Repentance shows that God is transforming us and maturing us. It's a lifelong thing. Repentance shows God's work in us. When we have a heart of repentance, we agree with God and we find ourselves praying, God, do what you want in me and through me. When we When we find ourselves with a heart to repentance, we so often find ourselves in great moves with God. When we find ourselves walking in repentance, we'll find ourselves um, being used by God in miraculous ways. Because a repentant heart is a heart that listens to God. It's proof that we're listening to God. So Jesus said, repent of your sins. I would challenge us today as we move forward. He says, repent of your sins and turn to God. Take that sobering thought. I've asked God that a lot this week. As I was writing this message, Lord, is there anything in me? And you might be surprised what he says. You might, it might really shock you like, hey, you need to you need to do this or maybe you need to just spend more time with me or you know he might say you've lost your first I don't know what he's going to say I would challenge us today in response to this maybe just take a little bit of time and say God what's coming between you and me and stop and listen cuz a repentant heart Remember, it's I change myself, I change my mind. And Paul says, when we do that, Romans chapter 12, then God changes our inmost being. He transforms us. And a non-repentant heart, though, 
not like just 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 so we're on the same page if you want to know if you have a repentant heart a, a repentant heart is humble and it listens and it acts a non-repentant heart finds offense will come up with excuses of why they shouldn't they'll argue with God no that's not true here's the deal when you disagree with God who's wrong I can give you a hint it's not God God's never wrong when he says this is coming between you and me then it's coming between him between you and him and it might be convicting it might not be it might be something you already know that you need to do because the Holy Spirit's already working on you but a repentant heart humbly says okay God just like Jesus in the garden he says father is there's any way to take this cup from me please do so like this 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 cross like the the death that he's about to go through but he says but not my will your will be done even Jesus walked in repentance he never did anything he never told us to do something that he wouldn't do i love the fact that he said not my will but your will be done it's agreeing with god if you're here today and you're listening to this message and you say that that's me i need to i need to walk in repentance i've i've known jesus for a long time but i don't i don't have a repentant heart man this is the day it's so simple it it just starts with god i agree with you forgive me forgive me if you're far from jesus it's the same thing for you it's just this acknowledgement that god's right and and the first acknowledgement in anyone's walk with the lord is the acknowledgement that we are sinful and that we need a savior we can't get to heaven on our own that is absolutely impossible our best efforts on our best days to get to god and to be good the bible says it's like bloody rags our righteousness our right standing with god on our own is nasty that's why we need jesus because his righteousness gives us right standing with god and it's it's as simple as jesus i'm a sinner forgive me of my sins i believe that you died on the cross in my place as me for my sins and i believe that god rose you from the dead 3 days later to set me free from those sins come into my life and be lord man if you say that it's so simple you just became a new person in Christ Jesus you just took your first step in a life of repentance before God and the cool thing about this acknowledgement of the will of God in our life this acknowledgement that a repentant heart shows God's working in us but let's like this will of God saying God I want your will over my will let's talk about the will of God for a moment because I guarantee you Sometimes we get this idea in our head that if I serve God that means I'm going to have to give up everything. I'm going to have to do this. I have to I'm going to have to do that. No, 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 that's not true. Uh, uh, just agreeing with God and then thinking about his will. The Bible, the God's will for you is good. The Bible says, "I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord in Jeremiah 29:11. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you, the plans to give you a hope and a future. God's will for you is good. In fact, he says God is not slow in keeping his promises, Peter says, but he he's not willing that any perish, but all come to a place of 
repentance. God is, he's holding off coming back just so another person can come to know him because he is willing that someone comes to repentance. He wants a relationship. He wants to bless you. Jesus says, let's talk a little bit more about what God wants to do in our lives. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're not serving Jesus, by default, you're serving Satan. Whether you worship him actively or not, you're worshiping Satan, period, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus because you're living for yourself. So he's Lord of your life. Whether you like, no, I don't worship Satan. That's not what the Bible says. If you're not worshiping Jesus, you're worshiping Satan. It's, that, that's, it's a cold, hard truth. And it, it is, it, that's the reality of it. Well, that's kind of offensive. I'm sorry. But the good, good news, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, he comes to give life and give it to the full or more abundantly. God wants to give life. That's his will for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to provide for you. In fact, Um, Paul says about what the Holy Spirit does in us once we accept Christ. If you've never accepted Christ and you just pray that prayer, and like what the Holy Spirit's doing in you. Paul says the Holy Spirit produces this in us as a follower of Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like that's what God does in us. That's like, that's his will for us. So repentance is agreeing with God. God, I want your will over mine. Wow. I guarantee you what we just went through concerning God's will is so much better than your own will. It's better than my will. I know what I want, but I know God wants is better. He wants so much better for you. He wants to bless you. Not just here and now, though. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, he, he blesses you for eternity. He gives you eternal life to worship him and live with him in heaven. Wow. Because and, and, and all it is is just this repentant heart. It's the undertone of the good news of the gospel. It's repent of your sins and turn to God. And the cool thing is God is so anxious for you to turn to him. He loves you so much that he sent his son into this world to die for you. Guys, I love you. And I challenge you this week, as you just go throughout the week, doing your daily task, you know, washing dishes, going for walks, just say, God, is there anything between you and me? What do I need to repent of? What do I need to agree with you on? Let's see what he says. And man, let's watch God pour out blessing. Let's watch God transform us, our inmost nature by changing the way we think. Let's let God uh, to move in us. Let's let's show the world that, that God is at work in us. God is at work in us. Man, I love you guys. I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray right now you'll bless your church you'll go before them lord as they take time this week to seek you and say god what's what what what's in my life right now that's coming between us that you will just so gently and 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 lovingly just reveal that so we can walk out of this week more like you 
more loving, more caring, Lord, with a repentant heart like we've never had, and Lord, ready to, to share the gospel, ready to, to, to live out the gospel, ready to walk with this repentant heart. Lord, bless your people, keep your people, let your countenance shine upon your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Guys, go be the church. <laughs>